Welcome to the Rimfire Tactical Podcast. I'm your host, Chris, from Rimfire Tactical, and I'm glad you're here. Welcome to episode 41, everybody. Looking forward to this episode for quite some time now, and uh, pretty pumped about it. I think you're really going to like what we're talking about. Um, First things first, in case you haven't heard or you're not aware of different ways to learn more about what's happening with Rimfire Tactical, or if you'd like to track us down, let's go over a couple different ways you can get to us. First and foremost, what started all of this? Over on Facebook, the Rimfire Tactical Facebook group. If you're not a member, highly encourage you to head on over there, fill out the contact or the uh, um, answer the questions and uh, uh, ask for membership. We'll check things out and we'll get you added there. It's a great group, over 6,000 members, constant um, posting. And uh, as I've mentioned before, we approve all posts. And quite often, a post that I'm about to approve, you know, as I read through it, I see there's something I can, you know, offer as some insight or, you know, maybe answer someone's question. But usually, um, I'm, when I get in there, there's two, three, four, or more posts that need approval. And so um, sometimes by the time I get all the posts approved and then go back and look for the original post, there's sometimes can already be three or four answers or more or posts, if you will, from other people answering that question. Um, sometimes it's been a lot more than just three or four. So the Rimfire Tactical Facebook group, it's a great place to check things out. We also have um, a business page for Rimfire Tactical on Facebook, as well as a uh, business page for the Rimfire Tactical podcast. So feel free to give each of those pages a like. We post there from time to time as well. Um, Also, if you're on Instagram, you can follow us at Rimfire Tactical on Instagram. And... um, most important does seem that I guess Instagram allows more than one page to have the same name. So uh, much like there is a Facebook group that someone tried to start that has about 20 members with the same name as uh, ours. Um, there's a, a Instagram page. Um, apparently the folks that have it are rather big fans of uh, Anschutz rifles or Anschutz uh, as that seems to be all that's on there. And um, ours will be the one that you'll see with everything from on shoots to voodoo and CZs and a little bit of everything there. And, um, last but not least, the namesake of everything, ramfiretactical.com. That is the website where, uh, you can, uh, check out our blog posts. You can also connect with us on Facebook or Instagram, uh, from the website as well. Uh, you can also find uh, other uh, episodes of the podcast. And in the uh, next little bit, not only will there be some uh, room for our tactical merchandise uh, there on the site, but we should have the forum finally up and running. It's been something that has taken a lot longer than I anticipated. And didn't help at all that we had this crazy little thing called Corona come along. And not the good kind of Corona, but the bad kind of Corona, the, the, the COVID, if you will, that sort of put things a little behind and uh, 
you know, we we were already uh, working on things, but um, the focus got taken away from it for a little bit. So, you know, we're slowly but surely we're getting it back. So, um, the final way that you can reach us, and this is also something you can do through the rimfiretactical.com site, but you can email us directly at contact at rimfiretactical.com. Again, that email address, contact at rimfiretactical.com. Now, let me tell you some reasons why you might want to reach out. You might want to reach out to suggest a topic for a future episode. You might want to reach out as uh, someone who would like to possibly be a guest on a future episode or uh, some, you know, if you're someone with a, you know, one of the manufacturers and you like to talk about your products on the website, you know, or on the, uh, the podcast, we could do that as well. But feel free to reach out in any of those platforms or all of those platforms. And just know that we'll get back with you as soon as possible and uh, try to answer your questions or schedule a time to talk, move forward with uh, scheduling a podcast episode, um, whatever the case may be. So, you know, we talked in the last episode, last couple of episodes about the fact that things are starting to open back up in the U.S. We're starting to move forward a little bit. Um, the COVID chaos, COVID crisis, Corona um, crisis, or you know, whatever you want to call it. Um, I think it's still getting a little bit of publicity, but nothing like it was. Uh, unfortunately, uh, it seems to be replaced in the news cycle by all this other craziness that's happening in the world, um, specifically um, all of the riots and things like that. And, uh, you know, we're not going to talk a lot about that. We will talk just briefly about something that I was asked to cover by a bunch of people, oddly enough, and it's not something I've ever really given a lot of thought to, uh, but I do understand the reasoning behind it. And so given the current state of things between all of the concerns that people have had over being quarantined at home and uncertain of what they would be able to do when going out and about, um, and then you know, almost like overnight transitioning from that to this current state that we're in where riots are becoming more of an issue, not just in your large uh, metropolitan areas, but also in some of the smaller cities and uh, towns. So I've I've had several people ask, and this is something that has come up before in our group and many other groups and many other gun forums, and realistically, it has probably been getting asked for the last 50 years or more. And that is, what 22 long rifle, handgun or rifle, should I use for self-defense, for home defense, things like that? And I don't think my answers are any different than what you've probably read or been told in other areas, but I'll give a little insight on why I would choose what you know I'm about to say. The first thing I would tell you is that absolutely positively, there are 
not just one or two. There are dozens of better options caliber-wise for self-defense or home defense than the 22 long rifle. That being said, this is a rimfire podcast. And not only is it a rimfire podcast, but it's one talking about the tactical form of rimfire. And as most of you know, if you've listened to previous episodes, I've given the reasons why I named the Facebook group what I did in the podcast. And it isn't about being tactical as in self-defense and home improvement. It's more about the style shooting that we enjoy and the rifles and handguns that we enjoy shooting. But with all that being said, a lot of listeners, at least from the folks that have reached out to me, a lot of them only shoot rim fires or primarily shoot rim fires. And that is what they are most comfortable shooting, either because of the cost associated with shooting, the availability of ammunition. Maybe they are in an area that is considered rimfire only. Um, they Some of them only enjoy really hunting or target shooting, but they enjoy small game shooting or hunting. And so, you know, in all these cases, not to mention the fact that there are some folks that just can't handle uh, recoil. Um, not only can they not handle recoil, some of them can't necessarily uh, work the slide on certain pistols, um, different things because of uh, older hands, arthritis, weaker hands, different things like that. So there's lots of reasons why some people would choose a 22 long rifle or possibly a 22 magnum as something for protection. Again, preface by saying there's lots of better options out there, but if it's all you have, it's better than nothing. And also, if you can shoot a 22 long rifle or a 22 magnum, whether it's in a rifle or a handgun, if you can shoot that accurately and competently and most importantly safely to you and your loved ones anyone that's around you know that is so much better in my opinion than if you were to choose a you know nine millimeter or a 40 caliber or a 45 acp and a handgun um or something you know Maybe it's a revolver, it's a 357 or a 38, or maybe a 44 Magnum. Some, you know, all of those are going to have more muzzle blast, so they're much, much louder. Um, they're going to have more recoil, so that can be an issue for some folks. Uh, depending on the, the handgun, you know, pistol or revolver, uh, you know, cycling the, the slide may be an issue. Uh, loading the magazines um, can be an issue just because of the spring tension. Some folks have issues with that. So there's a lot of different things that can fall into those categories, which you know would be reasons why someone might choose to use a 22 or 22 Magnum as a self-defense option. The other thing that can also um, come into play is simply a matter of what's allowed in your area. Uh, there are certain areas, especially uh, wildlife management areas, things like that, that are designated as rimfire only. And so that being said, even if you're not hunting, if you're just out shooting, going for a walk in the woods, um, you know, 
going hiking, anything along those lines, you know, most likely, you know, if you're going to obey the law, a rimfire is what you would have with you. So with all those things being said, my first and foremost um, choice, if I had to carry a only carry and either a 22 or a 22 Magnum for self-defense, it would most likely be a revolver, either a small frame Smith & Wesson or Ruger. Uh, I guess there's some others, Taurus. Uh, maybe Rossi makes one. I'm not sure. And, and you'll have to forgive me. Uh, I can talk about a lot of rim fires, but when it comes to the small revolvers and things like that, it's not something I shoot a lot. So uh, if I start throwing model numbers out, I'm going to be wrong. And I'm going to get a lot of hate mail telling me how I'm wrong. So uh, let's just suffice it to say either, you know, a Smith & Wesson, a Ruger, a Taurus, a Rossi. Uh, those are some of the small five, six, seven, eight shot revolvers. Most of them have a two or a three inch barrel and, um, several are very lightweight. One that comes to mind, which is incredibly lightweight is the Smith and Wesson model 317. It's a 22 long rifle. I'm going off memory. I believe it has an eight round cylinder. So uh, lots of options as far as that goes for, um, you know, having plenty of rounds. Um, it's incredibly lightweight. Uh, it does have an incredibly heavy trigger pull, though. And so it's definitely something that, you know, you would want to shoot in single action mode. Um, the reason that I would personally would say, let's go, or I would look personally at going with a revolver is because the one thing that we do deal with when talking about um, rim fires and more so with 22 long rifle than with 22 magnums um, and I'm not really talking about the 17s here just because uh, I don't think a 17 HMR or a 17 Mach 2 I don't think those are nearly as viable options as uh, the 22 long rifle or 22 magnum and if you think i'm wrong on that that's cool head on over to the facebook group uh let me hear about it tell me why you know please your case for why one of the 17s would be better than the 22 long rifle or the 22 magnum but uh, the thing that 22 long rifles unfortunately we deal with from time to time and especially with ammunition that is geared more towards hunting or plinking, uh, we deal with misfires. And it's something that happens, uh, especially if you're shooting any type of bulk ammo. Um, part of what makes it bulk is the fact that it is produced in massive quantities. And, you know, it's not really uh, tested and evaluated it's basically produced and dropped into a box or dropped into a bucket with 500 rounds or 550 rounds or whatever the case may be. And what causes those uh, occasional misfires can be a combination of things. Uh, usually it's a lack of priming compound or uh, priming compound going all the way around the rim. Uh, quite often you can have a misfire 
with a 22 round, take it out of the, um, the firearm, rotate it maybe halfway around, 180 degrees, and put it back in. And now the firing pin is going to hit on the exact opposite side of the round from where it did before. And uh, quite often, that round will fire. So, you know, it's just a lack of consistency with the priming compound making it around the rim. Another thing that I have seen, unfortunately, more than once, and it's not just with one manufacturer, it's with multiples. Um, I've had times before where the round would go off, but there wouldn't be an impact. There was no impact on the target at all. And I'm not talking like I missed the target I was shooting at. So the group, you know, uh, was, you know, changed. I'm talking there was no impact. And the reason there was no impact, it's because there was no powder. There was primer, there was a bullet, and now I'm taking a uh, cleaning rod and having to push that bullet uh, out of the barrel. So for those reasons, not so much the no powder, because no powder will cause an issue with anything, but with a lack of priming compound, if you're carrying a handgun, a revolver is going to give you the ability to pull the trigger, nothing happens, then pull the trigger again. The cylinder will rotate, the next cylinder should fire. With a semi-auto, that won't be the case. You're going to have to cycle the slide, you know, injecting that round and letting a new round come in. Now, if you practice, you can do that very quickly, very efficiently, but still a little faster just to pull the trigger again. Um, you know, as to the options of 22 long rifle or 22 Magnum all day, 22 Magnum would be my choice. If, if I had to choose a rimfire and I had the choice of 22 long rifle or 22 Magnum, I would take the 22 Magnum every single time. You have to remember that whenever you're talking about um, any of the rounds, whether it's 22 long rifle or 22 Magnum, whatever you see on the side of the box for the claimed velocity that that round produces, the velocity, the energy, everything that's part of that round, that's going to be different when fired out of a handgun, whether it's a pistol or a uh, a revolver, it's going to be much slower coming out of a two, three, four, or five inch barrel in a handgun versus a 16 or 18 or 20 inch barrel in a rifle. So with that being said, even if you were to choose one of the highest velocity uh, 22 long rifle rounds out there, maybe it's the the CCI Stingers or um, Aguila makes one. Uh, I think if I remember correctly, the Stinger is a 30 grain uh, bullet. I believe Aguila makes one that's a 40 grain called the Interceptor that uh, has speeds that are close to that of the Stinger. Um, I can tell you they hit really hard. Um, but there's others out there. 
um, even those that are far and away the fastest of the rounds available, they're going to drop in speed dramatically when coming out of a handgun. So while that same thing will hold true with a 22 Magnum, the 22 Magnum is burning more powder. It's going to start with a higher velocity. So even though it will still have velocity lost, it's not going to be as bad. Uh, or it's not that it's not going to be as bad. Let me rephrase that. Let me make it more clear. It's You're starting with a higher number, so you, you'll end with a higher number shooting a 22 Magnum out of a revolver than you will um, a 22 long rifle. So, you know, as far as the rest goes, uh, it's there's so much that can be said for the different types of ammo available. I've heard people talk about before uh, that they only carry uh, the full metal jacket uh, versions of 22 Magnum ammunition in a handgun that they're carrying for self-defense. Uh, I've heard this from a number of people, especially those that carry that small little North American arms revolver. Um, I've also uh, heard others say, nope, I would never do that. I would only carry hollow points. And, you know, there's lots of reasons for that. And they'll go into more detail about, about it. Uh, personally, I can tell you what I do. And I'm not necessarily carrying a 22 revolver or 22 Magnum for that matter. I'm not carrying those for protection. But when I'm at my farm... I guess you could say I am, but it's with a different thought process in mind. Whenever I'm going to any of my farms, one of the first things that I'm going to do is I'm probably uh, I'm probably going to take either a Smith and Wesson 317. That is what I typically will carry the most, or I'm going to take something uh, a pistol that's uh, just something lightweight and very easy to carry and shoot. Um, the Smith 317 is my first choice. As far as pistols go, uh, I have a, a long discontinued Smith & Wesson Model 422. It's a little aluminum framed uh, pistol that Smith & Wesson offered for quite some time. And uh, I just absolutely love those little pistols. They are, in my opinion, one of the neatest handguns that uh, was ever really made because they're so slim. Uh, they're lightweight. They shoot well, um, they function perfectly, and if you are someone that shoots with suppressors, because of the design, the barrel actually sits much lower in the frame than uh, most of your handguns. So instead of a, either not being able to see your sights and the target, and more or less pointing at a target because the suppressor is too large and blocks the view through to your sights, or installing suppressor sights on the Smith & Wesson 422s, which is the blued version, or the 622s, which is the, um, the stainless version. Um, those allow you to use the factory sights and still have plenty of view for uh, the over or, or see through the sights um, when running suppressed. But back to the 317. What I typically do, now, like I said, I'm going off of memory, but I believe the 317 has eight rounds in uh, available in the cylinder. When I'm at the farm, typically my first thought and first concern is with snakes. 
And that's just because we have uh, an abundance of both rattlehead, rattlesnakes and copperheads. Um, where I happen to live, that tends to be the two that uh, it's the only venomous snakes uh, really that we we have to deal with. But when we do come across them, um, sometimes those suckers are really big. We've had several, especially of the eastern diamondback rattlesnakes, uh, killed in the last few years, uh, either on our farm or near our farm, uh, one of them anyway, that were in the neighborhood of five and a half to six feet long. And that is not the kind of snake I want to come across when I'm out in the woods. So that 317 is typically set up with the first two rounds being uh, snake shot or rat shot, depending on who you're, whose ammunition you're buying. It'll be labeled as one of the two. Um, sometimes they'll just call it a shot shell, but that's typically the first two cylinders. And then after that, uh, personally, I tend to put a Gila Interceptor in there because outside of snakes, the other um, critters, if you will, that I stand a chance of encountering when I'm at my farm, it goes from um, skunks, which were absolutely, that's the one that we want to stay as far away from. Um, we also have raccoons and possums and things like that. Uh, we have black bears, but more than anything, um, skunks, especially, you know, rabbit skunk or anything rabbit as far as that goes. But um, skunks are always a concern because there's so many of them. And then outside of that, um, any opportunity that we have to take down coyotes, we try to try to do that. Um, they wreak havoc with our uh, all the farms that are around ours that have sheep and goats and even the cattle farmers, um, you know, during calving season, uh, the coyotes are just, they're brutal there. But that is what I normally will carry when I'm at the farm. Um, you know, obviously, like I said, uh, if I had to choose a rimfire to carry on a day-in, day-out basis, I would probably carry... Um, that same 317 um, probably would go ahead and drop the, the two rounds of uh, snake shot or rat shot. I'd probably replace that with a, two more rounds of the Aguila Interceptor, but I'd do that. And um, yeah, I, I would feel I would feel massively undergun compared to what I would normally carry. But at the same time, um, it's better than you know, 22 on your side is much better than the 45 that's at home in, in the safe. Um, so, hope that makes some sense. Now, I've had some other people say, hey, look, um, you know, I'm more concerned about having something at home. And I'm really concerned about overpenetration. And I don't want to take a chance on, you know, having an AR-15 or an AK, or you name it. I don't want a high-powered rifle as my home defense because I'm worried that if I had someone break into my home and I shot at them and missed them, that there would be overpenetration that could go through walls and could potentially harm someone in another room. 
And while I do understand that thought process, um, you know, and again, as a disclaimer, I'm no expert. I'm just, you know, offering up thoughts, if you will. Um, I think one of the things that uh, warrants mentioning is if you look, if you've ever been around um, a home being built, if, if you ever, if you've never done that, I would advise you just at some point, if you're driving on the road and you see a, a home under construction, don't go walk around someone's property, but take a look at the place, especially take a look at how it's built. You're typically going to have, um, more often than not, two befores that are framing up uh, a room and you're going to have sheetrock on either side of that two before. A lot of times, there's nothing else in between. There's sheetrock, four, three and a half to four inches of open space, because let's face it, two by fours are rarely actually two inches by four inches. But you're going to have sheetrock, open space, and sheetrock. But let's say that there's actually some insulation in there. So now you're going to have sheetrock, insulation, and sheetrock. While I will absolutely agree 100% that a 762 by 39 round, which is typically what you know people, uh, everyone, I grew up hearing called the AK round or the AK 47 round, but uh, a 762 by 39 or a 556 coming from an AR platform. In either case, those are high powered rifles. The bullet is going to absolutely zip right through that sheetrock, um, both layers of sheetrock, and it's going to keep on going. Um, we call it sheetrock, drywall, whatever. Um, having some insulation there, it's not going to slow things down. The same holds true for a shotgun. Uh, shotguns are, in my opinion, uh, fantastic for home defense or home protection. Um, but even with the lightest uh, number seven and a half or eight shot, uh, bird shot, typically what you'd see for uh, something like dove or something along those lines, it still is going to go through that sheetrock. And when it comes to a 22 or a 22 Magnum, it's going to go right through it as well. Is it going to go through as many walls as a 223 or other caliber? No, probably not. But, you know, I think it bears being, uh, you know, being paid attention to the fact that it will, in fact, go through something. So, with that being said, what are some great options in a home defense or home protection role that would be either a 22 or a 22 Magnum? Well, the first thing that I would say is a lot of this depends on you and what style of rifle you're comfortable with. And you're probably saying, what do you mean what style? Well, I have a great friend of mine who has no desire whatsoever to own anything that is semi-auto. He simply doesn't like them. It's just not his uh, cup of tea, if you will. So, <clears throat> sorry, had to get a drink so I wouldn't uh, have a little COVID cough. But he, 100%, 
uh, shoots either bolt-action rifles, single-shot rifles, or lever-action rifles. For him, because I specifically reached out to him and said, you know, hey, I'm going to be recording an episode talking about this. Tell me what you would choose. For him, he would want something, and I agree with his synopsis, by the way. He would want something that's shorter and compact, something that is easy to maneuver. So shorter is first and foremost an important thing because, you know, we're talking about something where you're going through rooms, uh, you know, down hallways, etc. So something in the 16 or 18 inch barrel range is much better than something in the 24 inch range. But ultimately what he came down to was that a lever action in either 22 or 22 Magnum would be his choice. And there are several lever action options out there. Um, the classics from Winchester are going to be uh, a premium the 9422 or 9422M, either 22 long rifle or 22 Magnum, those are going to be a premium. Uh, if you already have one, fantastic. If you don't, well, you know, there's some, some lower cost options out there, but I can't fault those in any way, shape, or form. They are 100% um, classic, and I'm very fortunate to have a 9422M that is stunning to look at and shoots as great as it looks. Um, some other options, there have been a variety of uh, variations of the Marlin 39A, and uh, there's several of those out there. Those will typically on the used market, they're going to be uh, in the 500 to $600 range or more. Um, they won't sell for as much as the Winchesters do, but I mean, they're up there. They're not inexpensive. Um, another option, I think actually there's, there's a third option with maybe Rossi offering some, and I'm not that up on the, some of their stuff. So if I'm, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong on that one. Um, but really the lever action that I see in stores that is readily available, both new and used, uh, are one of the many options offered by Henry. Henry has models with barrels going from 16 up to 24 inches in both 22 long rifle and 22 Magnum. And, you know, in talking with, um, with my buddy Bert, he 100% said, you know, that would be his direction. He would go a Henry 16 inch barrel, uh, a little red dot of some sort, or maybe a um, change out the front sights, uh, front sight to something that maybe has a tritium insert, something like that. Um, is it tactical? Absolutely not. Is it something that's functional? 100%. It sure is. Now, what's another option? Something else that would, would work very well in that scenario. Well, you know, when it comes to rifles, uh, if you if you're not talking bolt actions and single shots, which neither of those would be ideal in a home protection scenario, we've talked about lever actions. So really, the only other option out there would be the semi-auto. 
the great thing about semi-autos is that there are dozens of different models that are out there. Some of the ones that um, immediately come to mind as maybe more of a tactical look, so a lot of people might gravitate towards those because it's the rimfire version of you know the AR-15 that they want or like or maybe they use in the military but you know, or whatever the case may be. Uh, the Smith & Wesson M&P 1522, um, from everything that I see, is far and away the most popular. It's the one that I see at the range the most, on store shelves the most. It's also the one that I see in the Rimfire Tactical Facebook group the most, as well as other forums and groups. The 1522, it's a great little rifle. Uh, everything functions exactly the same as it does on a full-size AR. So you're getting all the same controls. The safety works exactly the same. Uh, trigger, everything is identical to any AR you've ever fired before. So those are a great choice. Not only can you uh, load the magazine up with 25 rounds of whatever particular round you would prefer to use, uh, I don't know that I would recommend necessarily uh, maybe the Stingers or the Aguila Interceptors or some of those that are hyper-velocity. Um, I don't know that I would necessarily recommend going with those as much as maybe a Winchester PowerPoint or maybe a CCI Mini Mag or something like that, um, simply because the hyper-velocity rounds those things are really hard on a semi-auto. And, you know, if you needed to use a semi-auto, especially in a home protection scenario, the last thing you want to do is to pull the trigger, fire one round, and potentially need additional rounds and not be able to do anything because the extractor's blown out, um, the bolts locked back or lots of different things just from, you know, the excessive pressure. So like I said, you know, there's many different options to choose for ammo, but in either case, just choose wisely. But with the 1522, as well as there's a bunch of other AR variants out there. Um, a lot of them are made by, I think, uh, Umarex, whether it's the one that's labeled HK, I think it's HK416. Uh, the same thing holds true for an, um, another one that was made by Umarex years ago with a Colt label on it. And there's a lot of new ones as well. Um, but, you know, the great thing about it, you're going to load up a magazine with 20, 25 rounds of, say, it's CCI mini mags. Uh, you've got a Picatinny rail on the forend so you could put on a flashlight you put on a, a flashlight with a laser you can hang all kinds of things off there but you know in my mind those are probably the best case scenario because not only are they compact with a 16 inch barrel they have a uh, i believe it's a four position um stock on them so you can shorten that up for smaller stature shooters 
kids, you know, ladies, smaller framed adults. We'll just go with that. Um, the triggers are perfectly fine from the factory. They will accept any type of uh, trigger that is made for a standard AR-15. Although I don't personally think it's the best idea to do a lot of modifications to a handgun or rifle that you would be using for home defense. There have been multiple scenarios in the past, uh, instances where someone had modified a rifle or handgun and then used it in a protective role only to be grilled later by uh, an attorney saying, you changed that trigger, you changed those sights, you, you made this thing more lethal. You know, so from that standpoint, I don't know that it would be the best idea to do that, but, you know, just saying it's something that can be done. But an AR variant is going to give you that four-in with the Picatinny attachment, so you can attach that flashlight, which I think would be incredibly helpful and really should be, I think, mandatory with anything being used for home protection, whether it's handgun, rifle, shotgun, Having a flashlight on there so you can safely identify that target and make sure that the person that you thought was was coming down your hallway is, in fact, a bad guy who broke in instead of your son coming home or your daughter coming home from a date or from going to the bathroom or anything else for that matter. Um, you're also going to not only have factory sites that come with... Um, the, the 1522 or any of the AR variants, but you can add any sort of red dot or any sort of low power scope. Um, there's a ton of different low power optics, everything from one power to four power magnification, one to six. Now, uh, Night Force and several other companies are starting off for one to eight magnification range. Most of them have a uh, the option of a lit reticle. Or illuminated reticle so uh, you can drop that that scope down turn it all the way down to one power push the button for the reticle to be lit and suddenly you've more or less you've got the same as any any little red dot optic um you know albeit a more traditional scope uh so that if if for some reason, and I can't imagine doing this inside of a home, but if, for example, uh, as a friend of mine did recently, he heard his dogs barking outside. He lives out in the country. Uh, he grabbed his 1522 because primarily what they have to deal with around their house is skunks and possums and the occasional fox or coyote. He stepped out his back door. Uh, with his little 1522 in hand and just knew that when he turned on the floodlights um, at his house and uh, the ones on his barn that they would light up everything in the backyard and he was going to catch that like i said skunk coyote whatever the case may be when he did that instead of seeing those things he saw a mountain lion and uh <laughs> and uh well, let's just say that mountain lion is still alive today, or he didn't die that night, uh, because the first thing that he did was simply stood there with his mouth hanging open, and this is what he told me, and it's what his wife said as well. He was sat there looking at this thing, 
and the mountain lion kind of glanced his way and just kept walking through the yard. And uh, he said he just turned the lights off and went back inside. Um, A, he had no desire to shoot the thing. B, um, as he said, there, while yes, the 22 long rifle could have killed that, that mountain lion, A, would it have been legal? Um, B, would it have done the job in one shot? C, would it have wounded it and then created an incredibly dangerous situation for him or anyone else who either went looking for it or who happened across it? And then ultimately the decision was there's no reason for that. But he did mention before he went back inside, though, that he took his 1522, which has a, uh, it's got a, a really nice scope. It's a Vortex Gen 2 razor on it. He said, and I did go ahead and I cranked the magnification up to, to six power. And he said, I, I looked at it over and over because I just was amazed by it. Um, you know, he's like, and I wanted to make sure, of course, that it wasn't a bobcat. Um, although I've never seen a bobcat with a tail that looked like it was about four feet long, but he was able to you know, turn that magnification up to make a positive identification. Again, I don't think that's something you would ever have a reason to do inside your home, but it is a benefit of one of the low power variable optics, especially if the rifle is going to serve a dual purpose, either for um, varmints and uh, critter uh, patrol or you know, maybe even as a small game rifle for squirrels or rabbits or something like that. The other options that come to mind that can also be really good for home defense, the Ruger 1022, probably without a doubt, the, the most popular semi-auto of uh, all time. Um, those are fantastic in all of their different forms, whether in a stock, a factory stock, like you would buy from you know, any big box store or gun shop, uh, wood stocks, synthetic stocks, chassis, however they, you have it set up. The 1022s are great options. Again, um, you can get, you know, magazines up to 25 rounds. Um, all the same uh, things we've talked about with the 1522s. The biggest difference is, depending on the stock, um, you may not have a place to attach a flashlight, but uh, there's lots of ways to get around that. Some other options that exist um, that can also function really well. Uh, the Marlin Model 60 is a nice, trim, lightweight little rifle. Uh, it's not magazine-fed. It is tube-fed. Um, the great thing about it, though, is you can load that thing up, and you won't have as many rounds in a Model 60 as you would in some of the uh, either the 1022 uh, magazines or the 1522, but you can put, I think around 18 or 19, um, just to, part of it will depend on the model 60 that you have. Uh, they come in options from a 16 inch barrel out to, I believe about a 20 inch barrel. So you have different options there. Again, you're going to run into some of the same things with the Marlin that you would with the Ruger. You may not have a place to mount a flashlight or a laser or a flashlight with a laser. But, the, you know, it will still work, and there's ways to overcome it, just like there is with the Ruger. 
And really, at the end of the day, the thing that I always go back to is if you have it and have it available, it's better to use what you have unless you're just looking for an excuse to go buy something new and, you know, make do with what you have until you can replace it with something better. That's, to me, that's the premise of everything is find a way to make what you have currently work for the scenario that you need. Now, we've talked about handguns, primarily revolvers, and the reason why they're the better choice because of the fact that if you do have a misfire, you can simply pull the trigger one more time, that cylinder is going to rotate, and the next cylinder around should fire. Uh, we've talked about the options for rifles with a lever action or the semi-auto being the preferred. Um, and it's ironic because we talk about how a revolver is a better fit because with the semi-auto, you would have to clear the misfire. Um, but yet on the, um, you know, on the rifle side of things, uh, you know, the same argument could be made for the lever action. But I think what sways things a bit there in favor of the 1522 or any of the, the AR variants is one, you can leave the magazine out. And so the rifle isn't sitting there completely loaded. Um, but you can do the same thing with a lever action. You can have a tube full uh, because all the lever actions are going to be um, tube fed. So you can have a full tube of rounds and simply work the lever to chamber around. No different than you can pop a magazine in to a 1522 and cycle it to chamber around. Um, the lever action does give you the option of a 22 magnum, so a lot more uh, a lot more power or powerful round than a 22 long rifle. Um, obviously, with that though, there's going to be a lot more noise. Uh, anything you fire indoors is going to be loud, but a 22 magnum is going to be much louder than the 22 long rifle. But all in all, I still feel like the other things that go as part of are, are, are options with the the AR variants outweigh it. The fact that it's so easy to, to put any different uh, optic on that you'd like, the fact that uh, you can easily attach a flashlight, those are all things that work very well. And, you know, something else that I can't say is a huge uh, thing that would sway my opinion one way or the other, but if you happen to have a suppressor, the 1522 is going to be threaded, as are um, a lot of the rifles that you would buy now. They're going to come threaded so that you would be able to add on a suppressor to keep that noise down. Now, part of the thing with adding a suppressor, though, is you are going to add some length to your barrel, usually around four to five, maybe six inches. So if you already have a barrel that's 20 or 20 inches long or so, that can make things a, a bit of a challenge. So you have to take all these things into consideration. Um, a couple of outliers, uh, some other rifles that you know could definitely um, be considered. 
Uh, first and foremost, if you happen to have a uh, 1022 Magnum, Ruger offered those for a while. Uh, there's some other companies that make them. Um, Magnum Research comes to mind. They make a 1022 um, actioned 22 Magnum. It's an awesome rifle. I'm fortunate enough to have one in a Hogue stock with a Magnum Research uh, carbon wrap barrel. Not only does it shoot really, really well, it's incredibly lightweight and will also take trigger groups that work for a standard 1022. And so I didn't want something ultra lightweight or really ultra expensive. So I did swap out the trigger group for a BX trigger from Ruger. It's got about a two and a half pound trigger pull now, and it's a great little hunting rifle, but it would be a wicked little home defense rifle as well. Um, another option, there's actually there's several tw um, 22 Magnum options from Valkortsen. Um, there's also 1022, um, like I said, the original 1022 Magnums, um, although those definitely um, are not that common. And when you do come across them, the price on those will be right there, um, pretty much dollar for dollar with what you could buy a new Magnum Research for. So, you know, whether you want the Ruger or Magnum Research, the Magnum Research will have a built-in scope rail where the Ruger does not, but uh, you're, with the Ruger Magnum, you are sort of stuck with the Ruger's proprietary uh, scope rings, unless you get one of the adapters, but can't really speak a lot about the adapters. I've never worked with those, but I do have a 1022 Magnum and it shoots really well. Um, but there's nothing left. The only thing that's left of mine that's actually Ruger would be the, um, the action itself. Um, the barrel's been replaced. The trigger's been replaced. The stock's been replaced. So I guess really it's the, uh, <laughs> it's the action and the magazine. That's about it. Um, another 22 Magnum option though, uh, Remington makes one, the model 597. They make that one as an option. And, um, I actually have one of those as well. It's a great shooting rifle. Mine is a laminate stock heavy barrel though. And while it does shoot great, it is big and heavy. Um, so I don't know that it would be necessarily ideal, but just like the, uh, just like the Magnum research, they both have 20 inch barrels, so not too long, very manageable. Uh, CZ almost also makes a nice uh, semi-auto as well. I believe it's called the 512. Uh, it's available in 22 Magnum. And you know those are some great shooting rifles to, um, to consider as well. So there it is. Um, my thoughts on you know what I would choose if I were forced to use a rimfire as a carry gun on a daily basis or as one that I would use for home defense. Um, there's so many others that are out there. Uh, I just highlighted the ones that, you know, come to mind the most for me or what I have carried or used in the past, uh, not used. Thankfully I've never had to, to, uh, you know, defend myself that way. And quite frankly, pray to God, I never have to, but you know, the ones that I do carry when I'm hunting or like I said, hiking, um, 
the little 317 and the 422, those have both come in handy several times when, when out in the woods, um, especially with, uh, like I said, coyotes and things like that. But, you know, all in all, that's my thoughts. I'd love to hear what you guys think. Do me a favor, hit me up, head on over to the Facebook group. Let me know what you think. Uh, post in the comments on uh, any of the different um, platforms where you listen, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, Podbean. Let me know what you think, what you would choose if a rimfire was your only option. You know, what, what handgun would you use? What rifle would you use? Let me know your thoughts. And, you know, let's have a discussion about this. Tell me what I'm missing. I'm sure I'm missing some, but let's have that conversation. Now, a couple things that are coming up. You guys are really going to like some uh, the episodes that are coming up next. We've got some great guests lined up for you. And we're also going to be talking about uh, some major mistakes that I have seen, along with some new things that are coming out. So looking forward to uh, the next episodes. Can't wait to get those out to you. With that, we're going to wrap up on episode 41. Go out, have fun, shoot a match, head to the range, get some rounds, get them out there, get them down range. That's it for this episode. Remember, it's not just a 22. It's Rimfire Tactical.